Awesome. Renee, so this podcast, uh, I might as well call it Entrepreneurs on Their Deathbed, because essentially <laughs> I'm going to ask you uh, the deep, the deepest question maybe that there is, which is when you die, um, what do you genuinely, genuinely, when you die, I mean, picture yourself old and about to die. Um, by the time you get there, what do you hope that you will have accomplished on this earth? And, uh, and what do you hope people will say about you when you're dead? Gosh, that's a deep question, Timmy. First of all, no one's getting out of here alive, right? And I don't want to be on my deathbed. But if we have to fast forward and think about it, I want to be known for living loudly. I'm a loud person. I don't know I if that's tell. because- I just turned the volume down <laughs> on, my, on my AirPods. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because my mom is deaf or genetically, my dad was a loud person as well, but I'm loud. But what I mean by that is I've always done what I've wanted to do. I don't live for other people. So like, even when I was dating and I found my husband, I had set criteria. And if you didn't meet the criteria, I wouldn't date you. And can you tell me what some of those criteria were? Yeah. So one of the criteria was you couldn't have been married before and you okay. couldn't have had children. Those are my two things. Why, and those were, that's it. Well, there's gotta be more criteria than that. Well, <laughs> I mean, you had, I mean, those were the two big ones for me though. And so if you had been married before and you had kids, I didn't, that's not how I, I wanted disqualified. Yep. You were disqualified. I, I had a, I had a bad, I had a messy divorce, but that clarified for me what I was hoping for in my next relationship. And sure enough, I also have some like pretty unfair criteria. And I, I say yeah. this to my girlfriend all the time. I'm like, this is an unfair relationship. Um, the crazy thing though, to me, is that my husband, the number one thing, and of course he's good looking. That had, you had to have that on my list. That had to be on my list. But my husband, the one thing that he brings to the table is humor. And that That's was good. not on my list. Good. And that is a huge, like laughing every day is a yeah. huge thing to have on your list when you're looking for a partner. Yeah. Yeah. One of mine is um, I want to be the crazy person in the relationship. So typically in, in a stereotypical relationship, the man is stable and the woman is like wild what? and crazy <laughs> and, uh, you know, emotionally up and down and all that kind of stuff. And of course, I'm stereotyping here. This is I'm not trying to piss off anybody. I know that this is not true. I know that this is a stereotype, but that is the stereotype. And like one of my criteria is I want the reversal of that stereotype. I want to be the the crazy one. I want to be the one whose emotions are all up and down. And I want to be with the stable one. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the reason we got off on this tangent is you were telling me that you want to live a, a life where like it's you're the one who set uh, set the way that your life was so, something along the lines of you're the one who set the way your life is going to go. Yep. Yep. I want to be known as living loudly because I am loud. There's nothing that that I'm scared of. I'm kind of the person of like my friend group that will get people to do things, get people to get out of their comfort zones. And, you know, it's like, what do you have to lose? You only live once. We're only on this planet once. So yeah. why not? What What's the worst that can happen? That's kind of my philosophy. Have you had any big, like terrible things happen to you where it's like, okay, yeah, that was the worst that could happen. 
Um, I had a really close friend pass away a few years ago, like one of our one of my best friends, uh, and he died tragically. And that rocked me like, I had had grandparents pass away. And I had had aunts and uncles, but they were older, right. And so they've lived a long life when you have someone in their late 30s that all of a sudden is no longer with you. I mean, that really, um, it kind of grounds you into realizing today could be my last day. And so always living life to the fullest and treating people with respect and doing the best that I can. Um, I've always struggled with that, uh, that statement, like living life to the fullest. When you say it, what does it mean for you? means take, I am, I want to be happy every single day. If Mm. I like, when I was growing up, I started working when I was 14, because my mom had left my dad and they were never married long story. Um, My dad had a lot of money, my mom didn't, she was a single mom raising us kids. And so I started working when I was 14. But like, for example, I have done these odd jobs. Like I've been a Domino's pizza delivery driver and I loved that job. But then I went to, you know, work at UPS as a small sort bagger, I think they called it. And I hated that job. So then I would quit and go to the next one. Like I I would keep, keep going in that pursuit of happiness, right? Uh Because I want to be happy. There's no, it's, feels awful to be miserable and yes there's things we there's circumstances that pop up and things that pop up um but that's my I want to be happy every day and that's really what I mean how close to that how close to that are you now oh I'm extremely happy I love my life I love the life I've designed my I mean I found the love of my life my husband and we've been able to build this life that we love together which pretty unique because you have to have two people like I always say that we're all raised from different cultures even if you know my husband is the same race as I am but I still believe we're raised in two different cultures because his upbringing was different than my upbringing and his values his family values that he learned are different than my family values and you have to meld all that together on top of it I'm not a traditional woman you know I'm very ambitious I have a lot of big goals and you know, he had to be able to support me and all of my endeavors as well. We're both, you know, working professionals. Um, yeah, it's, but like we, for example, we love traveling. We love culture. We love seeing the world. And we knew we wanted to travel the world first before having children. So it took yeah. us a little longer before we started having children because we wanted to experience life together and strengthen our relationship first. And then going back to being happy in our jobs, he was working in a factory um, doing maintenance. And I really put, when we met, I really pushed him because he was tinkering around with building computers. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if you can make your hobby, your profession, you will never work a day in your life. And so he actually got into, he went to school for technology and now he's an IT director. I mean, it, and he loves it. So it's like those things that you got to find what fuels you yeah. to be happy every day, because if you're miserable, then what's the point? Yeah. I've been working at that problem since 
24, I was I think I was 24 years old when I was like, I'm going for it. I'm not going to do the normal job. <laughs> I like dropped out of college. I was set up to, I was going to be an English teacher and I dropped yeah. out. Uh, I had like six credits left. I think my dad still hasn't forgiven me for this, but I dropped out with six credits left and went to art school instead. And I have been pursuing hard the uh, making a full-time living off of what I love. And uh, it's been very, very hard, but I know that it will be very satisfying when I finally get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm good. Like it's working. I'm finally, I'm finally like really making money off of this thing. Well, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm at the, I'm at the phase where it's still a real grind. Um, yeah, I guess what what would you say what would you say to somebody who's at that phase? Because I mean, I feel like if somebody's going to listen to me talk on a podcast, that's probably where they are. Yeah, I would say for I mean, for you, Timmy, do you see the end? Like, are you making progression? Are you happy in the quest? Every year has been better than the previous year. Uh, COVID was weird. Uh, like 2020 was weird. Um, right before 2020, I was I was making a full time living doing what I love. Uh, but it required me to be constantly touring. And so when COVID hit, whoo, gone. <laughs> Got it. So then uh, what keeps you doing it every day if it's not, if it's kind of a grind right now? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the thing honestly is that there is, there is nothing else that I would rather be doing. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's really true. Like the reason. So I'll, like it, yeah. if something, it fills your bucket. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But you want so I'm a just kids need book to, author, by the way, just for just for reference. But you uh, just yeah. need to be making more money, right? Yeah, for sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, think of different ways instead of touring. Can you do live webinars or think oh, of? Oh, yeah, I'm there. I have tried so many different things, Renee. And the thing that finally worked uh, and has been working is uh, ghost basically like making kids books with other people. And oh, having yeah. them 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 pay me for it. So I essentially like I don't know if you've ever done Scribe, but Scribe's model is they ghostwrite a book for you. So if you want to write like your memoir, if you want to write, you know, some message in a book or whatever, they'll pair you up with a ghostwriter and and make your book. So, so what's your end game, Timmy? You want to? I thought you were published. Uh, so yeah, I've got published books for sure. Yeah. But you want to take it? You what do you what what do you want? Like what's you want to I've make been, more money. Yeah. So I've got different, different goals for different things. So for the uh, financially, I mean, I want to be making enough money off of kids books that, uh, you know, that every new kids book I make is just, is just making more money off of what I'm already making essentially. Like I've got a, a library of books that kids love that are just being bought. And every time I make a new book, it's just being added to that library. So that's the financial goal. Financial goal is, uh, you know, it's paying for my life. And Got I'm it. actually back to that point now. I just told my job that I'm quitting because I'm making enough money on this new model. Oh, so, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. So um, you were working two jobs? Uh, Renee, I've, I've been working so many jobs all my life, all my adult <laughs> life. <laughs> I, I, yes. Um, yeah, I, I more than two jobs, but yeah, most recently uh, two jobs. Most recently, I was I was a content strategist for a media company while trying to make this thing work. Yeah, got it. So now that this thing is working, then you're on your way, right? 
Yeah. So that my current job begged me to stay on for two more months, which is a great feeling. Um, and I, I was like, okay, I'll stay on, but I, I got to reduce my hours. Like I'll stay on to do this project that you want me to do, but I'm going to four hour work week that project so that I can go all in on this thing. That's finally like taking off. Um, got yeah. it. So, so that's kind of nice, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, but my, my other goal, my like non-financial goal is I'm basically making the kids books that I wanted to read when I was a kid. So when, when kids discover me, cause I do like book tours, when kids discover me, they are discovering a treasure trove of books uh, that are the type of books that I wanted to read when I was seven, eight, nine years old. And so that's the, that's the under it all sort of, I'm writing for my seven to nine year old self. I love and, uh, it. Uh, the books that I could not find when I was that age. I actually have a for fun question for you, Renee. And that it is based off of that. I ask this to everybody that I interview because we're talking about purpose and impact. And the question is, um, if when you think about the, the impact that you want to make on this earth, um, you know, I believe as a kids book author that one way to do that is to reach the hearts of kids. Like you have to reach the hearts of kids. So what is a topic or idea that you would make a kid's book about if you could? Oh, make a kid's book about. Yeah. So you've told me several things that you believe that are impacts that you want to have on this earth. Is there anything in there that you're like, yeah, I would want kids to understand this. Oh, well, it's hard because I want kids to realize they are their own selves and they can make choices but it's so difficult when you're children because you're living under your parents you know what I mean yeah but like to not worry about what people think of them if you could convey that somehow I don't know how yeah that's yeah, beyond be my skill <laughs> <laughs> that's within my skill um Renee when someone writes the Wikipedia article on your company Aside from a brute definition of what Talent Q does, what do you hope people will have said? They will say Talent Q gets it. They understand the pain we go through. They uncover people that aren't looking for jobs. We really truly find the best of the best. And we're transparent. We communicate all of that. We share all of our data, which I feel like a lot of our competitors don't do. So we are honest and transparent about what we yeah. do and we do it extremely fast. What made you decide that this is what the company that you wanted to create? So <laughs> I've been, I actually fell into recruiting two years after college, I was selling insurance and the insurance company, it was Century Insurance at the time, they closed all the offices and put me in uh, my home office. So I had to work from home and they gave me a company car, which sounds really sexy, right, Timmy? But I was miserable. I hated it. I needed that office camaraderie. So I went to um, a friend of my sister's and she was a recruiter in Minneapolis. And I went to her and she's like, well, what's your dream job? Because I was going to her to have her help me find another sales gig right yeah and she's like what's your dream job and I was like I would love to be a headhunter and she's like well why is that and I was like helping people get pay raises and promotions what could be more rewarding than that well then they interviewed me happenstance they had an opportunity at their company they interviewed me I it was the most rigorous interviews I've ever experienced in my life I swear to God I had to interview everyone at the company and I got hired and that's how my journey started now 20 years later uh, here I am but I did 
so I worked for several different um, third-party recruiting firms and I decided there was a better way because there's recruiting firms that charge on direct hire placements, they charge different percentages. And I was like, what, what's the point of that? Like, let's just be real and charge the same across the board. And I knew there was better ways with all this transparency that I wanted to share with my candidates and with my clients, but that I wasn't allowed to because I worked for someone else, right? So I left um, one of the recruiting firms to go work for Target Corporation because I knew that when I started my own recruiting firm, I needed to have an edge and that edge would be the inside corporate recruiting experience because not a lot of people that are in third-party recruiting have that experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I had to go work for a corporation and Target being one of the, you know, very well-known ones. I um, stayed there a little bit longer. I was uh, anticipating being there for about five years. I ended up staying for seven. And then when I started Talent Q, I mean, now it's been an incredible ride because I took even more knowledge about how an actual corporate recruiting internal function works and also brought that into Talent Q. So it's just yeah. been. What I love know. about that is that you are an entrepreneur that has actually figured, has actually built a company around something that you love to do. I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, basically like they go and do something because they kind of have to, or because of what's, it's what their family de- did for a living. And so they had to, you know, work in the family business or they just, they didn't have anything and they found this, you know, this job. And then they just started like, changing the industry or, or went like, oh, I could build a, a better company than the one I'm working for. And so often that's the path that people take where for you, it was like, you had a good job. You quit it because you it wasn't what you were passionate about. You went and did what you were passionate about. And then you built a company that mm-hmm. did that. That's really cool. Yeah. I, well, I'm so passionate. I love people. And I like, I don't judge people. I mean, people might argue you, if you interview people, you're judging them, but really I have an open mind to all people. I just love people and to help them is makes my heart sing. I love it. Thank you so much for being on this podcast with me. Uh, how can listeners connect with you? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, Renee Fry, F-R-E-Y. Um, otherwise you can go to talentq.net. Awesome. Awesome. 